G'day everybody and welcome to a new podcast called What the Dick Tater, the podcast where we talk about dictators. I'm Rossi and that's LK. Hi mate, how are you going? I'm good, how are you? I'm great. Okay, good. So great news, LK. We've got this new podcast and we're going to talk about dictators. Yeah. And um, this all came about because you watched a documentary about Amelda Marcos and then we fell in love with her but also hated her and decided to scrap our plans for a different podcast and make this one instead. Exactly. But maybe now's a good time to point out that with all of our podcasts, we talk about things that we have no fucking idea about, we learn about them, and then we tell the people. Yeah, but we also tell the people with the caveat that maybe what we're telling them is not entirely true because we're not the best at researching. Yeah, and we just research the fun bits. You know what I think it is? It's more like, here's the general vibe of this thing that you probably feel like you should know about. And if you want to go dig further and find out actual facts, good for you. But if you just want the vibe, that's our sweet spot. I had no idea who Imelda Marcos was, just that she was overly dressed. (laughs) That's incredible. So when I watched the documentary, I learned a lot more about Imelda Marcos. Yeah. All I remember knowing from my childhood is that she had a lot of shoes. <laughs> a lot. She did have a lot of shoes. She still has a lot of shoes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> did you know, okay, she's 91 years old. Oh, my God. She looks amazing. Doesn't she? For 91, she's doing pretty well. She was married to Ferdinand Marcos and was the first lady of the Philippines from 1965 to 1986. So 21 years in the uh, Filipino White House. I have a question for you right off the top, actually, that you might not be able to answer. All right, just hit me. Okay. So I watched the same documentary. What's the documentary called, by the way? Oh, it's called The Kingmaker. That's right. And it's on... uh... I don't know. Netflix. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Stan. Don't know. Don't know. Showtime, I think, for me. Doesn't matter. So in this doc, she wears a lot of puffy sleeves, and I wondered if that was her signature thing or if she's just always wearing puffy sleeves because she came up in the 80s and that was the vibe. I noticed that too, and um, I have no information to back this up, but my thought was, so she was in the Miss World or Miss Universe competition. Okay. And when she did that, her dress had that sleeve. Oh, okay. So she made it her thing. And I think maybe also just to be like reminiscent of her being Miss World and that was her maybe greatest beauty moment. So she wanted to carry it on forever. Yeah. And it was also, you know, the 80s were about big shoulders and it is kind of a slimming look in a strange way. Yeah. I mean, she rocks it. It looks quite good on her. Even now that she is, I mean, she's still quite slim, but she's obviously a bit older. It still still suits her. Yeah. Here's going to be the uncomfortable thing about this pod, mate, is that I respect a woman who can have a signature look. I do not respect people that lead countries and deliberately kill people within those countries. So I'm really having a tormented moment here. (laughs) Yes, and also um, steal money <laughs> yeah yep and that holds so, the with the giraffes oh the giraffes so 
all right, let, let's get into it. So Marcos was the president of the Philippines for the same amount of time that she was first lady, 1965 to 1986. He was quite dodgy <laughs> <laughs> and he went on such a spending spree. It is said that the country will be paying back the deficit, so the debt, well into 2025. Oh, no. Decades after he's no longer the leader. And it's that's just paying back the debt. That's not the money it takes to repair the actual damage. Yep. Well, let's talk a bit more about the money later, but uh, a couple of other fun things is that Marcos had this group of men called the Rolex 12. Oh, my God, I love it. Uh, well, and they are mainly military officials that he puts in to work as heads of media, utility companies, development projects, and other big corporations so that they will make decisions based on his regime. And how did he, how do you get to do that? Well, when you're the president, you can do whatever you want. How do you know? Aren't there meant to be rules that like stop you from doing whatever you want? Yeah, 100%. But, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. He was very dodgy. But also, um, the rumor was that if you were part of the Rolex 12, Marcos gave you a Rolex watch. Was it like, did you get to pick out a Rolex or was it a specific type of Rolex that only the Rolex 12 had? Oh, look, turns out it wasn't actually a Rolex, it was an Omega watch. Ooh. Um, but I think I think Marcos just picked for you because I'm sure he thinks his taste is better than anyone else's. Yeah, fair call. I mean, <laughs> again, dictators are bad. The Marcoses are bad people from all I've learnt. They also did have some, they made some good style choices. Edit that whole thing out, I'm going to get cancelled. <laughs> no, I mean, you can say that. They're, they're very stylish people because they had the funds to do so. Well, they didn't really, though, did they? <laughs> well, I mean, they they did, but it wasn't their funds. Yeah. I mean, I know where there's a lot of money too, but, like, doesn't mean that, like, Microsoft has a lot of money, but it's not my money, so I'm not going to spend it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we all know where there's a lot of money. It's not that hard to figure out where the money is. You're only allowed to spend your money. That's how it works. <sighs> yeah. All right, let's let's talk a bit more about the money. It's it's not my current dot point, but I'll I'll scroll down for you. Sorry. Okay, sorry, I'll shut up. No, 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 it's okay. So uh, the Marcoses accumulated ten billion dollars while they were in office, but they only received, or Marcos only received, a salary of thirteen and a half thousand dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! Per, per year, sorry, per year. Holy shit! That is a big difference. It's the big difference, which they mainly gained through kickbacks. Oh. And uh, since they, since Marcos has no longer been president, uh, most of it has largely not been recovered. And so what, they, the Marcoses still have the monies. What the fuck? Like, imagine how much money that is in the Philippines if the president's salary is thirteen thousand dollars a year and you have billion monies. Yeah, I mean, imagine what kind of roads and hospitals and schools you can build with that kind of money. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you a bit more about how they did it. So in 1968, Marcos and Imelda decided that they would start 
having bank accounts in fake names. So his fake name is William Saunders and hers is Jane Ryan. Oh, my God. And they chuck some money in a Swiss bank account. But by 1970, which is two years later, they banked so much money that they decided they'd call their old mates from Liechtenstein. hey They transferred the ownership of the bank accounts to the foundations that were registered in Liechtenstein. Uh, if you listen to our other podcast, We'll Never Be Royals, we did an episode on the Liechtenstein royal family and we discovered that they are quite dodgy and it's very hard to get your money out of Liechtenstein. Yep, but you don't have to pay taxes on it while it's there. Yay. <laughs> also another uh, example of how he accumulated so much money, there was an electric company that had been in this family for generations. The bloke who owned it at the time, his son was accused of plotting to kill Marcos. Oh. <laughs> if he was convicted, which would have been very easy for the government to do, the penalty is death for plotting to kill the president. So they kind of made a deal and Marcos bought the electric company for $220 million, but it was worth $400 million. So he was just always acquiring assets at a lesser value and getting their gains. Is Ferdinand Marcos Mr. Burns with a fashionable wife? <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. That's the image yeah. I'm getting. Yeah, that's an excellent comparison. Thank you. And then also in the documentary, The Kingmaker, <laughs> there's uh, a lot of pretty good art hanging around um, Imelda's apartment. Oh, my God. She's just like casually like, oh, yeah, that's a Michelangelo. Yeah. yeah. What? But then because obviously it's filmed over quite a period of time, the next time the documentary makers go there, it's like replaced with a, a portrait of herself. <laughs> so people start knocking on the door asking for the uh, painting. Oh. Uh, but also she had um, she sold a painting. In the documentary they alluded to the fact that she had sold a painting to fund her son Bong Bong, his vice presidency campaign. Okay, here's what I'm struggling with. Is this just like the perfect storm of two, I'm throwing this word out here and I'm not a psychologist, but two sociopaths, Amelda and Ferdinand. Like what are the odds of two of them finding each other, getting married and having the clout to lead a country? Like that feels like a very rare occurrence, no? Because you yeah. A psycho to do all those things and be able to sleep at night. Yeah. I mean, maybe bad comparison, but isn't this just like Bill and Hillary Clinton? Well, talk to me, mate. What's your theory on Bill and Hillary? <laughs> because, I mean, she was uh, allegedly the brains and the, and the leader behind him for many years. Mm. Is it just the same that thing? Space. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'll allow it. Um, okay, let's just talk a little bit more about Marcos as president. So in 1972, he put the Philippines into a state of emergency, which is currently what's happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's terrible because it was it was much worse in the Philippines. So there's civil unrest and... 
terrible times with Philippines. I don't know how better to explain that. Can you help me out, mate? <laughs> like, why did he do that? Did he do it so that he could? Because if you declare a state of emergency, it means that you can a do whatever you want in your president, and then the army can also kind of do whatever they want, right? Yeah, it's definitely for the army. Mm. But like, what was his? Um, did he give a reason for declaring it in nineteen seventy two? claimed that he had done so in response to the communist threat um, posed by the newly founded Communist Party of the Philippines. That old yes, not. Yeah, I forget that we're in the Cold War. One of Imelda's most iconic moments was when Chinese leader Mao Zedong kissed her on the hand and thanked her for ending the Cold War. Iconic. Okay, so it's kind of, it's a I mean, I wasn't alive in 72, but it doesn't seem like a lot of countries were allowed to do a lot of weird shit in response to, quote, unquote, the threat of communism. So I get it. I mean, I don't do it. I don't get it, but I understand how it happened. So that was, you know, that's not long. That's only seven years into his reign. Yeah. So for 14 years, the country stayed in that state of emergency in under martial law until he was kicked out of the – he was – he had to leave the country. Yeah. It drove him out. In martial law, it also means that he doesn't have to have an election to leave office, right? Like he can just stay forever. Yeah. Well, he was rigging every election anyway. So, oh, cool. Made no difference. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but he, after the, I think the election was in, in 1986 and he was re elected. And then that's when the, um, they'd had enough and they were like, you've rigged one too many elections, mate. See you later. Yeah. And didn't they also assassinate the opposition leader? Oh, ho, ho. Very good. So it's called the People Power Revolution of 1986. And so there was this guy named Nino Aquino. Amazing name. So he was murdered in 1983 and he was a politician that spoke out against Marcos. And he was originally sent to prison and then he got unwell. So he went to the USA for a few years. And as soon as he landed in the Philippines, as soon as he stepped off the plane, he was shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody just, nobody knows who actually did it? Um, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that. Answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was clearly Marcos, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fun other fact here is that Imelda allegedly had dated or had uh, an interaction with Nino Aquino before she married Marcos. Wow, that is a – I mean, I don't really know anything about her background, so I don't know how high up the social ladder she was born, but she seems to me like she was a climber. Yeah, she was from a pretty kind of poor family and she um, went to – is Manila the capital yeah. of the Philippines? She went to Manila to live with her uncle and her uncle was a politician. Ah, okay. Okay. And so then that I think that's how she uh, got into that scene, so to speak. Yeah. No brag, but I also have an uncle that's a politician. Like a Do you? Yeah. It's Rob's uncle, but, you know. Oh, yes. I was trying to think about some bloody country MP who was <laughs> linked to you. <laughs> So Nino Aquino's wife, Corey, she had run her own campaign and she becomes a president after Marcos is uh, moved out. Okay. And where did the, the Marcoses went when they left the Philippines, they went to America? 
Yeah, they went to Hawaii. Yeah, okay. And old mate Marcos died there. Yeah, because he had, was it kidney or liver? It felt like in the documentary, it felt like he was dying the whole time. <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't really know what he died of. I know that he had some tra- he had some sort of organ transplant that didn't go well. I think it was kidney or liver or something. Yeah. Anyway, I I got the impression that he was bloody useless for the last couple of years and it was all Imelda in her puffy sleeves. Yeah, I agree. And then she, like, didn't bury him for years and years because she wanted him to be buried in the Philippines. She wanted a hero's funeral for him. And she got her way, as Imelda always does. It's just that it's that level of bullshit that is just, like, something is wrong with your brain. It's like... Okay, I have never been in politics, right? But I understand how you wake up one day and find yourself doing things you never thought you would do in a bad way. I'm not saying kill people, but I get how that happened. Me too. But then to like go so far in that direction and then still demand a hero's funeral for your partner in crime is like really sick. There's like not only no remorse, but like active, like she's proud. Yep. I mean, you can't live in that state of denial for 21 plus years, like, and not have, I mean, she clearly thinks that she is some kind of greatness and her husband was great and that they did good things. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. But she talks about it in the documentary all the time about how the Philippines is not the place it used to be and it's, it's run down and awful, but she's the one that stole all the monies. Yeah, she made it awful. And she's still she still has all the money that the people need. She has it. In 1966, Imelda invited the Beatles to perform at the Palace as a part of their tour of Germany, Japan and the Philippines. When the Beatles refused, this resulted in their hotel being mobbed and their manager receiving a $100,000 tax bill. What the dick? The good news is the Marcos's reign is continuing through their son, Bong Bong. I don't know about this Bong Bong kid. He seems to be a little bit shit. He's <laughs> so shit. I love his name, though. I did say to Billy, oh, could we please name our son Bong Bong? <laughs> oh, yes. Bong Bong Rossi. <laughs> In the Philippines, they have uh, – the president and the vice president are both elected. So he ran for vice president in 2016 and he came second. So, of course, he challenged the result. Ugh. Do you know what I couldn't quite wrap my head around? was So Bong Bong studied at Oxford. Did he? Yeah, which is, I mean, quite a good university I've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And he studied politics, philosophy and economics. So when I was watching the documentary, I thought, how can you l- have learnt about politics, <laughs> philosophy and o- economics at Oxford and then still come back to the Philippines and want to carry on your father's legacy? Like that just didn't make sense to me. Because you know, so, okay, not to go on too much of a tangent and I'm not going to give any specifying details because I don't want to incriminate any- anyone. This girl I know went to a very prominent, university in California and she needed to make money while she was there like this this university really hard to get into and somehow she got hooked up with this situation where there was a professional athlete that was also studying at that university that was really well known but like 
either too stupid or lazy to like sit the exams. And so this girl I know used to sit the exams for this professional athlete for a fee. Wow. Yeah. So imagine what old mate Bong Bong could do with his billions of dollars at Oxford. Yes, yeah, true. Actually, um, that was a great story, but Bong Bong actually didn't finish. He dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't even have the idea to pay for someone to sit his exams. What a you. So he probably just went to the UK fucked around his thinking was that he didn't really have to do anything anyway because who cares his father's a dictator and that's a good system just keep doing that yeah the end the bit that I remember most from the doc is when they were talking about when he was coming home to the Philippines for the first time after they were exiled he called his parents from the airport because he realized he had an economy ticket and he'd never flown economy and was refusing to fly home economy because he needed to be in first class yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> the way you said it was just like, yeah, obviously I did that because yeah. flying economy is bullshit. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so Bong Bong is very confident and he is good mates with the current president, Duterte. Oh, this bloke needs to come yeah. down. This bloke. So during his uh, presidential campaign, he promised to kill tens of thousands of criminals and end crime within six months. Oh, wow. Six months is a very quick timeline. Well, he was elected in May and then by the, the January, the following January, the, um, they were up to 7,000 deaths and they only know that because they stopped counting after that. They were like, oh. Wow. And the deaths are just like, are they just the police in the street are entitled to point and shoot? Is that how they're doing it? It's not like they're going to trial and then being put to death in an electric chair or anything, right? Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I think it's for like drug takers or thieves or nothing that you should be killed for. No, especially like I don't know that much about the Philippines, but there's a lot of footage in the documentary of just like people that look really, really impoverished, just desperate. Like she floats out like the smallest bit of money and they're ready to like scratch each other's eyes out to get that money. So there are a lot of people that have to do a lot of things just to survive. Yeah, it's pretty bleak there. And um, old mate Duterte, he wants to cut ties with the USA and the EU because he thinks it would be better off being mates with China and Russia. Okay. I'm very concerned about this. Yeah, one more thing about Duterte. Bong Bong's sister was um, a bankroller for his presidential campaign. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he's just not only a sadistic idiot, but he's also their puppet at the same time. Yeah, they're all in bed together. And since um, Bong Bong has challenged his vice presidency results, the court system is uh, all Duterte's mates, so it's likely that it will be overturned. Yeah, this is really depressing. I hope. Oh. I know. I thought it was going to be more fun. <laughs> no. oh. All right. Well, let's do some fun things. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you some fun facts about Imelda Marcos. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. So the shoes. Oh. So when they were. Um, I keep saying ran out, but you said exiled before, and that's a much better word. <laughs> <laughs> when they were exiled from the Philippines, it was like there was a fire. Like they could grab what they needed, but they left most of their shit there. 
and people came in and raided the, the house that the president lives in, whatever it's called. I think it was a palace, wasn't it? Didn't they call it the palace? Yeah, maybe it's the palace. But anyway, they found these wardrobes of shoes and Imelda had 3,000 pairs of shoes. Oh, my God. Um, but she also refuted the claim saying, I did not have 3,000 pairs of shoes. I had 1,060. <laughs> what an idiot. Not your Dunlop volleys from Kmart. These are like, they've all got those fancy leather soles, let's put it that way. So she clearly is a shopaholic. But with some outrageous accounts of her spending. Oh, she <laughs> had a receipt from a shop in New York or Bulgaria and she spent one mil, $1.4 million on the receipt, like just one go. Oh, my God. I'm dying to know what she bought. I know, right? Oh. oh, she has what they call an edifice complex. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Sounds good to me. So she used publicly funded construction projects as political and election propaganda. So basically she's taking foreign money to build buildings and make it the country look like they're doing well, they've got good infrastructure, they're prospering, but it was all just a bit of propaganda bullshit for her husband's campaign. You know there are so many people listening to this that go, oh, yeah, that's what our government does. They're always doing roadworks, but nothing ever seems to get fixed. I'm hearing voices in my head right now, but this sounds like it probably happened on a really large scale. Oh, a huge scale. And it's foreign money, so that's why the Filipinos are still paying it back to 2025. God. Also, she was a professional gate crasher, and she allegedly just rocked up to the Nixon inauguration. Oh, my God. She does seem to have the connections, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, originally Marcos sent her off to speak to other foreign leaders because he didn't want to leave the country. Yeah, because he was a dictator and he was worried that the people would rebel against him if he left. Yeah. Also, he was having an affair with this actress called Dovie Beams. (laughs) What a great name. It's a great name. And she is the original sex tape scandal. (gasps) And then when it it got leaked, it hit the press. Imelda was very embarrassed. But Imelda being Imelda, she used it for leverage to get Marcos to do things for her and um, then she started her own political agenda. She is a very evil opportunist. Isn't she? I wonder what's going to happen when she dies. Like what's the vibe going to be? You mean from the people? You think like are Mm. they going to be excited or? Yeah, because it does seem like like they do have – supporters right there are some people that are like yay she does hold a seat in government at the moment she's a house of reps seat bizarre okay what what other fun facts can you tell me about this crazy um she used to have a team of of ladies wives of rich businessmen usually her husband's cronies and they were called the blue ladies oh my god why does every gang of people have a name that's ridiculous (laughs) Well, they were called the Blue Ladies because blue was the campaign colour of Marcos. Jesus Christ. Are any of the kids, any of her kids like, hey, mum, you're a bit shit? Or are they all just like, yeah, we love this, we love money? They're all on board. It's bullshit. They also, um, in Bong Bong's campaign and also Duterte's, they were kind of big fans of that fake news on social media angle. Mm, it does seem to be effective. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you my favourite quote from Imelda. Okay, please. Okay. Imelda says, if you know how rich you are, 
you are not rich. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's not wrong. Gross and fascinating. Yeah, that's all I've got for you on the Marcoses. Mate, I feel so thankful that I have this information, but also horrifically, horrifically depressed about the future of the world. Yeah, I know. Me too. I think, you know, there's a long fight for the people of the Philippines. They they had some victory getting rid of Marcos and now this new bloke's in. It seems to me like history is repeating itself. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I think that giraffes are the perfect kind of analogy for all the bullshit. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the giraffes. The giraffes. Tell the people about the giraffes, mate. Okay, well, you have to help me because you're the Marcos expert. But basically, I don't know when it was, maybe in the 70s, she went on safari in Africa, thought the animals were pretty amazing, and so took a couple back and wanted them to roam free in the Philippines. And because there's a lot of people in the Philippines, there's only specific places they could roam free. So she found this island and dumped some giraffes and, like, I don't know, what else was there? Oh, there was all kinds of African animals, zebras. Yeah. I don't know if there was some lions. Yeah. I don't think anyway, so. Anyway, an assortment of animals. And then um, there were people living on that island, so she kicked them off. And then for a little while it sort of ran as this weird, like, safari park. Um, but then no one looked after it, and so the animals started inbreeding with each other, and then the money ran out, and then the people came back to the island. So now these really poor people who were removed from their homeland are allowed back in, but they're living with these, like, deranged drafts that are all inbred and have, like, weird maggot things, and there's no money to fix the situation. And the weird maggoted inbred giraffes eat all their crops of the poor people. And so the people hate the giraffes, but there's nothing they can do about it because there's just fucking giraffes everywhere. Is that fair? Is that how it went? That's how it went, except there was a groundskeeper. Oh, that's and, and And he said that Imelda has this African zoo that she wanted and loved so much, but she has, since the animals were delivered and she went to see them, she's not been back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I don't know anything about giraffes, but... Those giraffes do look problematic. Yeah, yeah. They apparently have shorter necks because they're inbred. I mean, it's like Imelda. We all like giraffes. Nobody ever in existence has hated a giraffe. Some part of every person who sees a giraffe goes, oh, wouldn't that be so good to have a giraffe of my very own? But you know what? We also have another voice in our head that says, "Mm, maybe that's not a good idea. Imelda doesn't have that voice. Maybe she's she's one of those people that doesn't have an internal monologue. Oh, my God, those people are psycho. (laughs) (laughs) How do you decide what you want for lunch? Like what voice talks through the options? I don't get it. So, mate, important question for you. Yes. Three in fact. If you were to go on a date of the romantic kind with the iconic First Lady of the Philippines, Imelda Marcos, where would you go? I would take her or she would take me to the Met Gala. Oh, that is good. Right? Yeah. Imagine. Imagine what she would be wearing. Imagine what I would be wearing. It would be epic. Oh, so many puffy sleeves. BT Dubs, did you see that article where Blake Lively came out and said, oh, every year I went to the Met Gala, I matched my dress to the red carpet and no one noticed? (laughs) No, I haven't seen that. Oh, you just look it up. So you and Imelda could have like a secret thing. You could have a theme every year. Yeah. 
Amazing. If you want to keep dating her for years, do you? Oh, yep, 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 100%. Um, and so you're at the Met Gala. What's the most notable thing that happens on the date? Imelda, you know, she loves a gate crash. So we would go over to Cardi B's table. We would gate crash Cardi B's table and we would party with Cardi B for the rest of the night. What do you think Imelda's drink of choice is? Because that's not really covered anywhere. We haven't come across that. I think she's a gin and tonic kind of gal. Oh, interesting. I was going to say like just a straight up Dom champagne gal, you know, because she likes she likes anything that's expensive. Yeah, true. She probably does love some bubbles, darling. Yeah. <laughs> but so do you. Yeah, I do. And I also like a gin tea, so either's fine with me. Are you and Imelda actually a match made in heaven? Well, maybe. Okay. My hair would look good with a lot of hairspray in it as well. You know, she does have a ballroom dancer-esque vibe. A lot of sequins, good lip. Yeah, she really does. And um, at the end of the date, are you having a make-out? Are you going home with her? What's How did this all end? Okay, so at the end of the Met Gala, we get picked up in the limo and we continue partying in the limo with Cardi B and then Imelda hands me a a gift and I unwrap it and it's a Picasso painting on her wall. (laughs) I fucking love that. Like a voucher for a giraffe. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more helpful information, perhaps not so helpful, um, about dictators. All right. See you then. See you all of a sudden. Hey, Rossi, guess what? You're mad and I'm not. Haha. <laughs> no, we aren't journalists. No, we are not. Sometimes... We get confused with the facts and our accuracy is not always on point. Agree. If you have questions for us or comments about anything we cover, you can get in touch with us on our email. Hello at lkandrossi.com or you can check out our website, lkandrossi.com. Love you. See you all of a sudden.